0: I, I mean i just ordered a chase from atomic and unfortunately the jace is phyrexian the language
1: mm-hmm.
0: which i cannot read but the phyrexian one was a dollar and 20 cents and the english one was six dollars <laughs> and i'm like well,
1: perhaps they should stop making the phyrexian text ones
0: that one doesn't seem fair like i i would like to get the english one but i'm not gonna pay five times more to play to read it Ugh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I understand.
0: Look at this guy. He likes to read his cards. Someone's going to ask me what the Jace does because obviously it's standard and half of these cards, no one's going to know. Like, they're going to be playing for the first time. And I'm going to be like, shit, I don't know, man. It mills.
1: I, I only care <laughs> about the minus X.
0: <laughs> it mills three times X. Now, what do the other abilities do?
1: If you're activating them, you're making a mistake.
0: <laughs> like, if you're putting...
1: If you're putting the Jason to play
0: Minus two, draw a card Great, fantastic Power play I guess the completed text is pretty relevant
1: Yeah, but you know what that is
0: Probably Yeah, like opponent
1: okay, Maybe not Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 324 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. We are your hosts. I'm Chris Castor-Apple. With me is Lee McLeod.
0: Hey, Lee. Hi, Chris. Happy holiday. Yeah, how was your it, we're Christmas and New Year? My New Year's was great. My, my Christmas was wild because of family stuff. Sure. Just, my family is very different than I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that can be tough but it was a good break at the very least yeah i had a nice break too just pre- pretty chill but we had some like we hosted christmas with my family that was pretty nice and had like a new year's party and stuff it was good we did a little cuban
0: what the the best part is i know most of this because i was talking to Kristen while you were like out waiting in line for chinese food or something <laughs> <laughs> so i heard about all your all your stuff you did over christmas just not from you <laughs> <laughs> that's Well, you're caught up then. Yeah, it was great. Great. You sounded like you had a great time. (laughs) It was a good time. It was a good holiday.
1: Before we get started, want to thank some new patrons: Tim, Bo, Brian, Jaron, and Jeremy. Thank you for your patronage. We will be sending stuff out soon. Uh, for anyone who has not joined the Patreon, please feel free. Uh, we sent out some Christmas cards to longer-term patrons. With some hand drawn tokens. Uh anyone who signs up for the Patreon during uh January of this year will make sure to also like get you a bonus little Christmas something at the end of the year if you if you stick with it. So that's that's I I think that's what we're gonna try to do going forward.
0: I had a lot of fun drawing those tokens now that the, the gag order has been lifted.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't want to spoil things for people. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. It was it was a nice afternoon I enjoyed it as well and we came up
0: with some some cute tokens yeah there are a bunch of tokens you would definitely want to like pin on your refrigerator
1: we'll we'll release the photographs soon once everybody's like opened theirs yeah so we are going to it is standard season for RCqs we'll probably need to talk about modern a little bit before getting into it just because there's stuff to catch up on I mean the RC
0: denver is not that many weeks away yeah
1: yeah and although i am not qualified for it unfortunately i I think that it is worth keeping up with the metagame
0: yeah and plus i know collins is going to denver and has been playing a bunch of modern so i've been just talking about it a lot anyway also everyone loves talking about modern oh yeah everybody's always talking about modern (laughs)
1: And we will get Collins on for an episode in a couple of weeks, like right before Denver, I think is our plan. And so that should be pretty good. But for right now, you know, we're fairly qualified
0: to talk about Modern. I've played it a bunch. Yeah. So much. I can't believe we had this whole thing about scam being too good and banning it out of the format. And then that just didn't happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It won three of the challenges this weekend. Three of four. It didn't win on Friday, and then it won both Saturday ones. And by Sunday, it was 20% of the tournament. Because also, big news, we get full deck lists for challenges now. Yeah.
0: I. It's not just challenges, too. It's the best. I love this like huge data dumps that they do. Yes. Because often, it's not that bad. Like Some of the challenges aren't even that big enough to where it makes a big difference. You just see a bunch of losing deck lists. But sometimes... Someone will have like bubbled out or done really badly with a brew that actually looks kind of promising. And I just haven't enjoyed looking at decks that would be normally just kind of unlisted by Goldfish Mm -hmm. Standard and just like looking at all of them. It's, it's nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is really cool. And we also get better information for, you know, there's, there's like the whole like, oh, yeah, scam is half of this top 32 but that's because it's like half of the tournament right and we get to see all of the numbers and we get to see that you know on sunday scam was 20 percent of the tournament and had a conversion rate of you know slightly under 20 percent, but still like the the deck is is fine the the deck is is winning approximately half or more of its matches and even though it's
0: like a large portion of the tournament is still doing just fine. And just in case you haven't been keeping up with modern since the ban list or modern season ended or whatever... Uh, when we say Scam, we are referring to exactly the same Rakdos Scam deck you <laughs> you were used to from the previous season. It's not like White Black Scam or Golgari Scam or whatever. It's just it's Rakdos Scam And I,
1: I got to eat a little crow on this because I really didn't think that you could just put Not Dead After All in your deck with only four elementals. It didn't sound good to me. It, it sounded pretty like you would just draw dead scam cards a lot but it seems like it's just fine to do and you just you know play a slightly smaller number of them and you still have a decent number of turn one grease starts and then the rest of the mid range deck is good enough and I-, I don't know how much of it is like actually I think a lot of it is that people are unprepared for scam because it's harder to be prepared for scam when you can't play fury the best card yeah. against scam
0: yeah that's well, I wasn't expecting scam to have a Loo resurgence, but I did think people would still play it. I just didn't know how good it would be. Right. Um, my thing was that I thought they would be a, like a leaner mid range deck and still playing some scam package or whatever. But I didn't really internalize that fury had been banned and you couldn't play it against scam anymore. Right. Which <laughs> is like kind of huge for a scam. Like that was one of the best cards against scam. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, like grief is kind of atrocious against scam. Like, yeah, I, as living end, I immediately side, the first cards I sideboard out against it. And so, you know, if you're trying to kill scam or trying to weaken scam, you know, maybe, maybe we took the wrong elemental out of the format. Who knows?
0: I, I, I like their goal of hitting a card that was in scam and in four color. I like get why they did that. Mm-hmm. But the only reason Fury was in for color was to of scam. Beat scam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or try to. It didn't even do that. Yeah, and so now
1: we're in this weird like scam is resurging and like very good against very good against a lot of stuff, but in particular the like not creature-y decks, because it doesn't have fury anymore, so it doesn't beat up on like stuff like yawgmoth as much as it did so yawgmoth is present to beat up on any of the creature decks that fury used to beat up on
0: and to to piggyback off your three of four challenges were won by scam Mm -hmm. the other one was won by hardened skills yeah which i thought would have also fallen off of map mapping its prey just like you know air quotes died from the banning but now that scam is back and doesn't have fury hardened scales is like, Oh yeah, let me get a piece of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is fine. Like, you know, that could end up in a metagame. That's like enjoyable to do to, to be a part of, uh, you know, hardened scales being a part of modern is a good thing. And I like when it's good and one of its worst match, you know, without four color being playable, basically it doesn't have to play against solitude and stuff anymore.
0: Well, much worse than the four color matchup is the Yawgmoth matchup. Actually, it's oh, okay. also one of it's also one of those creature decks that is not very good against Yawgmoth. Yeah, true. So there's still like a little rock paper scissors in those three decks, even. So that's where we're at. I I, I
1: think just like particularly chaotic that Scam won three of the four challenges this weekend. Uh, it makes it feel very similar to approximately a month ago. And that's modern. just this
0: weekend. Like, this has been ramping up. We just haven't been talking about it on the podcast because we were mm-hmm. off a week. We talked with Mark and then we were doing like RC prep. And even far back as before you left for Atlanta, I was noticing Scam was like being creeping back a lot in more. Yeah. Yep. And there I mean, just it wasn't did win the first, first
1: big paper tournament the weekend after. It did. Yeah. Very was banned. But I, just I was thought willing that was to a give a that one a pass. Yeah. yeah. I was
0: willing to give that one a pass. Also, because paper tournaments. You know, you play with what you have, right? Also, a lot of the time,
1: yep. But I, I think just that, like taking away one of the best tools for beating scam in fury, it almost ends up being a little bit of a wash for the deck. Like you banned one of the good cards in the deck, but you banned one of the good cards against the deck, and I guess the deck still functions. I, I, the, the only way that the ban would have worked out is if the deck did not function with only four elementals in it and it seems pretty clear that that is not the case the deck functions with only grief as a you know natural not dead after all target
0: yeah and I I had a little tweet about maybe we should have banned grief after all I actually wasn't on that train initially on the the ban list I think I don't Mm -hmm. I don't remember being extremely pro we we should have banned grief after all no I I
1: certainly was not there at the time though
0: as soon as I heard Ari and uh patrick sullivan's takes on it i knew that grief was definitely the thing that should have been banned (laughs) they're they're very smart and i forgot where i was going i
1: I will cop to being like i was surprised when you know the announcement the pre-announcement was like we're we're gonna ban something out of scam and then the entire consensus was just like yeah it's time for fury to go and that was like all of twitter was like we're we're banning fury it's about time
0: i everyone did say that and i was the one i didn't want to i didn't want i pushed back against that i remember that i'm like yeah they, they heavily implied their banning fury but i don't know why that would be the ban necessarily
1: yeah i i just like i i do remember being surprised at how quick because like my experience has mostly been in playing modern like people don't like getting griefed and that's like what it that's where a lot of people's frustration lay for a long time especially playing against scam specifically was man getting turn one griefed really sucks and then there just was like a a bizarre like in, instant sea change where everybody was like yeah it's time for it's time for fury to go and i was like okay that's oh,
0: an interesting yeah so d rude david rude responded to me on twitter about me i think complaining about that scam was having resurgence and i I wasn't the hugest fan of that and at the time this was before it won all the challenges a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh, over the holidays and at the time it was just like you know the fourth most played deck like still rising but didn't know it was gonna keep going up it's just like isn't this an okay place for the the grief deck to be like it's you know a way less metagame percentage than before but you can still play the deck and it's still good like isn't that isn't that ideal for a ban and my response to that was in terms of numbers i would agree with that but because the whole play experience of the scam deck is inherently like just destroying one player's ability to do anything on the earliest possible turn Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a healthy play pattern to be in a like, slightly good deck. Sure.
1: Yeah. It, and it's certainly not a healthy play pattern if the deck settles back in at 20% of the format again, which isn't impossible. It was 20% of this Sunday challenge. Right.
0: So, whoops. Yep. I don't expect them to do anything with the the modern format until after Denver, probably until after all of the RCs, mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe once Carloff Manor comes out, which is mid February, I think. maybe right. Maybe they'll edit the ban list and throw grief on it, and hopefully unban Fury. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, that's not going to happen, and I know people just like tuned off the podcast immediately as I said that, but. I don't know i i kind of liked fury
1: (laughs) yeah i think that it would be for the best if they did not make changes during rc season i think that was pretty annoying to make a change right at the end of pioneer season and you know to dovetail like sort of the topic of the day of card acquisition and the problems therein you know i'm not going to sit here and say that like Vendors at tournaments must bring X cards of the format of the tournament. I all I'm going to do is complain that it is harder now to get cards than it like was in the past. And you can't you can't assume that the cards would be available at any tournament you go to. I also don't ever assume that an LGS will have any of the cards that I might possibly need. And ordering stuff online is just Horrible. I I ordered a bunch of standard cards and it was just a disaster. Like Star City no longer has stuff in stock. The main stores that I go to to try to get cards no longer have the things. Like I was just trying to get domain and I went to like five different stores and they just had none of the domain cards. And so I had to do it on TCG Player, which I hate doing. And now I've got 28 packages coming to my house of standard cards and. It just was awful. It's just not that like the standard cards don't exist. It sucks getting cards. I think that like it was annoying having cards banned in the middle of pioneer RC season. And then you had to figure out how to get stuff for your deck. And the, the logistics just aren't there anymore because, you know, nobody wants to be holding on to these cards because the value plummets so quickly. And it's just a mess. Things are not great for the secondary market right now.
0: I really, really, really hope that all twenty-eight of your packages get here within fourteen days' time. Yeah, uh, and they're which just is about. You know, well, I've I it.
1: already had a thing get canceled. I like one of my Bant triumphs got refunded, and some of two dollars of it got refunded in cash, and the rest of it got refunded in store credit. I don't understand. I I Why? hate TCG player. I don't get it. You you also can't can't refund me store credit. Because you now are out of stock of it. You have to give me money back if you're not going to send me the thing I ordered. Right. How can you give me store credit if you're failing to fulfill my order? Like what? I hate this business. I hate TCG player.
0: Yeah, I I don't like it either. (laughs) I cannot believe that they gave you store credit.
1: No, but there's no other way to get cards. So I don't understand how else I can like get magic cards to play standard and like. This is enough to, because at least pioneer and modern, I can have a deck and just like change it slowly over. You know, I have a pioneer collection. I have a modern collection, but like I have to order a couple hundred cards in order to like it's really like burning me, burning my experience of playing standard, which is too bad because I was looking forward to it.
0: I mean, I I still am looking forward to playing the standard cards in RC season, RCQ Mm -hmm. season. The real problem is other than card acquisition, which I'm not going to keep belaboring, but it's bad. Yeah. Assuming I have all the cards because some of the cards you ordered for me and they're in one of those packages. So assuming I've gotten a deck and have all the cards, I've got like two turnovers on my calendar, two RCQs. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah, I'm justifying it only because I'm also planning to
1: go to Chicago and play the, the open. If I wasn't, I don't. I don't know that i could justify buying these standard cards
0: and then like what else is there after that right (laughs) yep i i don't know i was kind of hopeful for the format to revive with rcq season because standard has been dead for years Mm -hmm. Uh, but now that we are engaging in standard for what it's worth standard format is actually kind of fun
1: i've been enjoying playing it even playing domain mirrors I have been enjoying on magic online. Maybe not the paper ones, but,
0: but the whole process of like getting standard cards and playing standard tournaments is so like insurmountably difficult. I don't think you can expect most people to do it. Yeah. Like it used to be everyone played standard. Cause that was like what FM was run at yeah. all the time. And it's just, it's either modern or draft or nothing. Yeah.
1: I, and you know, you you've said this before, and I think it's just like very clear that the way that people get into magic now is commander. And if that is somebody's introduction to the game, like number one, they now they don't need standard as an introductory format to to like get them into it. And number two, somebody starts playing commander as how they play magic. They have their commander deck, and then you're like, Oh, do you want to play standard? You're uh your cards rotate in 2 years and they won't they well, don't well, three do it the 3 years anyways <laughs> but like you know well you buy some cards now that you need for standard you buy your children's or whatever and you know so, some things are not going to last 3 years certainly and to have somebody whose introduction to the game is a non-rotating format and then try to convince them to play a rotating format especially when with card acquisition being this difficult, you can't just go to a store and get any of the cards that you need for your deck. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna make that transition. That's impossible. that's, that's such a tough sell. Yeah, it's,
0: it's impossibly high. I'll wait until after standard or CQ season and the RC to see if standard has taken root anywhere. Yeah. But right now, especially trying to get cards together, Especially for people who just don't have standard cards, like in our friend group, and want to play these RCs, RCQs, I don't. It's really hard for me not to write off standard entirely. Yeah, like I mean, in the I, future,
1: I'm trying. Like, I ordered over five hundred dollars worth of cards for standard. Some of them for J. I am also
0: doing my part. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm. I'm doing everything I can here. Like, I I will have like three standard decks put together and can hand two of them to people, but. It's tough out there. Yep. But let's talk about the format, pretending that it is a real format that will happen and that all of this information is relevant and will continue to be relevant.
0: Now that everyone's card's been magically deposited at their doorstep for very little money, as we all know, happens.
1: It's ironic that Standard is now a format like Legacy or Vintage that can only be played online. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it also sucks that Ar- i don't want to complain about arena but it, it this is also an arena problem mm-hmm. where at least some portion of the responsibility for standard debts standards death is arena because uh like standard is expensive and on arena it isn't because you can just use whatever cards you draft and you already have standard cards yeah and then why would you like buy standard cards that are expensive and like don't have tournaments. So stores don't host tournaments because no one's really showing up to them. And then that just is a cycle that continues.
1: Yeah. You have no reason to go play standard when you can already just play standard at home. And yeah, there needs to be some sort of bridge there that, that just doesn't really exist. There's no transition from playing arena to playing paper and no reason, like, less reason to go play paper if you have arena to play so that's
0: that's tough but we can talk about the the real the format because I've been engaging in standard I have not played oh Lord knows I've tried to play like those standard championships which did not fire around me but Mm -hmm. I have been diving deep into the deck lists and listening to people who've been playing the format and all that and I watched some of your stream today where you were playing a bunch of standard
1: yeah I was lucky enough to have Dom come hang out and kind of beat me up in a couple of different matchups
0: I thought that was so funny because he has been talking about the Demir deck being good he was Mm -hmm. playing a a Demir deck right and I everyone just kind of dismissed him like why why Demir no one plays (laughs) Demir but he trounced you
1: yeah well, and I mean Mogged won a challenge with like basically that list. And if anybody knows what's going on in standard, it's it's Mogged. So this didn't just like come from from nowhere, but it, it definitely is a certain like, but you're cutting Rafine from your blue-black mid-range deck, but subterranean schooner is just like
0: like fill- so good.
1: It fills that role so well of just like creating that pressure and making you resilient to removal bat is such an import such a good two drop that you know it, it just you don't need stuff like denik or whatever you just have this bat that it, it like goes so well with all of your cards i especially I think demir is fine
0: yeah getting getting those explore counters on the Linking flyer is very nice yeah also schooner can't be doom uh not doom bladed go for the throated right which is a relevant removal consideration and it's also a th- a three four it's gigantic yeah it's huge go for the throat and cut down or like your premier removal removal spells in black in this format mm-hmm. schooner dodges both of them
1: yeah I mean th- there's a reason that the Rakdos list I was playing was running like bitter triumph in it's two mana removal sl- slot because you need to be able to hit stuff like schooner
0: mm-hmm. and that it's like somewhat of a concession mm-hmm.
1: yeah So to just kind of do a format rundown, the like level zero best deck is certainly or level one, whatever. I don't know what which level is which, but the the. Just pick a
0: level and say it confidently.
1: Here's the starting deck for the format that is pretty good is domain. Uh, It's usually multiple copies in each of the challenge top eights. It, It just is there. The main deck is pretty set. It's got like 58 cards cemented and then you have like two flex slots kind of basically it's more of a control deck than a ramp deck. You do have a Traxa and you do have these draws that are like topiary stomper into invasion. But mostly you are just like a deck that casts wraths over and over and over again until you like cast a Traxa and kill them that way. Uh, I like it,
0: thinking of this deck's ramp spells as their divinations, yeah. basically. Yeah. Because it uses this deck uses mana very well. Uh, especially up to, like, casting Archangels and Atraxes, right? Yeah. But even just, like, li- uh, up the Beanstalk, drawing a card, playing it, drawing a card, playing that, like, that's mm-hmm. a lot of mana. Yeah. The
1: deck's quality is directly proportional to, directly proportional to the number of Leyline Bindings that you draw in a game, because that's, the, that's how you get efficient on mana, and you really make things turn around uh when you double spell with a Leyline Binding, especially if you're drawing a card. Off of up the beanstalk, the mirrors are kind of tragic, but also I'm like undefeated in mirrors, which is all that I play in the leagues right now. But I'm like <laughs> seven and oh or something in mirrors right now, because I think that it, it it's a different kind of magic than a lot of people are used to playing, where it the re, the like the resource that you're managing is the total number of threats in your deck in a in a very weird way and a lot of people spew and if you're ever like discarding an archangel of wrath to hand size you're probably you've probably made a mistake somewhere in that game and so the careful play is rewarded but not too careful or you will time out or you know unintentionally draw the match in paper
0: yeah the, the domain mirror is wild it reminds me of like the, the Dominion mirror you're kind of like playing a prison deck where you're very judiciously keeping track of your opponent's win conditions yeah. and yours like depending on who's ahead and who's behind mm-hmm. and it's really difficult to determine who's ahead and who's behind because you're playing so many board sweeps and incubate tokens to chump and whatever's where you can like manage all the threats pretty efficiently like archangels even take each other down right Mm-hmm. So, you're just kind of balancing between having enough threats to close the game and not exposing yourself to just getting run over by the very same threats. If you have a threat dense hand, yeah, it's very interesting. It is not really in interesting a, in a, in a way that would be like we could spend a good hour on this game, but you don't have an hour to spend on the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I and I will say that I don't. I haven't been impressed with like most of the, you know, cards that are intended to be breakers. I, you know, I, I played against someone who had a main deck tier and, X, tier and X Rex in their deck, and it <laughs> just didn't do the thing that it was supposed to. I've played against a lot of Jace's post board. I, I don't I'm, they're not that impressive. I think I talked to Jarvis about this a little bit. And I think it does make sense if you really want to take the mirror seriously, which you probably should to main deck Jace, especially in paper where a lot of matches are gonna end like
0: 101 so i, I watched a, you played a match on stream today that ended 101 yeah your opponent just conceded the match because they were four minutes down on clock and couldn't win two games in six minutes
1: yep so and and Jace would have ended that game on either side like pretty immediately in in game one so i, I think that it makes sense to main deck the Jace if you are trying to do that. Sideboarding in the Jace is a lot less effective because like there are negates in both decks. And I also am interested in potentially Tashana's Tide Binder as a mirror breaker because early on it can counter the trigger off of an invasion. It can counter it's the only thing in the format that counters an Atraxa off of Cavern of Souls and i i think it could just be the thing but i've had reasonable a reasonably good experience in the mirror just bringing in negates and seed sharks although i'm not like the most convinced on seed shark in the sideboard of this deck it just it it has not had too many standout games for me and also your blue mana is
0: not the most accessible thing in the world so it's nothing to write home about. Most of your blue mana from Atraxa is subsidized heavily by Cavern of Souls. Cavern, yeah.
1: I mean, your your blue sources are four triumphs and one island that you can search up with your Topiary Stompers or invasions, but it's not like easy to get to. You know, it, it, it's it's a little bit gated behind like
0: time. If you're trying to play a Sea shark on turn three or turn four, which it's is not when you really likely want to, to play happen, it, yeah, you're not, it's not really going to happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if, you know, there's something else. Jace is fine, even though you're probably casting it for two and two blue, but you're casting it on turn 15. So you'll, yeah, you'll it's have it. Dead. Yeah. Don't cast the Jace and like start activating the abilities. Like Jace is just four mana mill 15 in the matchups where it's, that it's intended for.
0: Yeah. It basically doesn't have any other text. I was complaining earlier to Chris that I bought a Phyrexian version and didn't want to explain the card. My <laughs> opponent didn't know what it did. <laughs> Because that's a lot of text on it, it's just none of it's relevant. It's just
1: <laughs> one and a half glimpses, that's all.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> occasionally you can blank a Glissa if the game gets really weird. But <laughs> Yeah, but that
1: involves like a match against the Glissa deck to start with, which is not the most common thing in the world.
0: Hey, 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 let's talk about Golgari midrange. Okay. Because this deck sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let Maybe let's not talk about. <laughs> cool, well, right. I want
0: to. I want to give it a little airtime because people still keep playing it. Yeah. Uh, it does okay in challenges. Uh, in that it has seen top eight copies. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what this deck does unique to anything else in the format. It just seems like the worst mid range deck you could play in a format full of really good mid range decks.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, the black cards in the format are very good and sort of create a core for a mid-range deck all on their own. And then you figure out what else you want with it. You've got, you know, Deep Cavern Bat, Preacher of the Schism, good removal spells, and, you know, uh, whatever you want as far as, like, Virtue of Persistence or whatever. Uh, and and if you want, like, Liliana's. But you have, like, this... And and then you're, like, fours of Shieldreds and uh, Archfiend. So, the black cards are just really good, and that's why we see Demir and Esper and Rakdos and Green Black as the, the mid range decks in the format. With Green, you just get like additional bodies and not a lot else. Like Glissas, a good card. Mosswood Dread Knight is a, a pretty good card. But you're not like constructing a real game pl- You're just making your deck as mid-rangey as possible in yeah, a format The real where- problem
0: with Moss with isn't that it's bad. It's that it's doing the same thing all of the other black cards already do. Exactly. You could just play a different color and have access to other good effects. Like we were just talking about Subterranean Schooner, which is the same mana cost as also Knight and does something completely different and still gives card advantage. <laughs> Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me
1: to add green to your deck and then cut down to two Preacher of the Schisms so you can play some Glissa Sunslayers and like just play not green and play four Preacher of the Schisms because that card is pretty close to Glissa.
0: Right, like it. If you're playing Esper, which is also a very good deck, you get even better options. You get Fairy Mastermind, you get Rafine, and you just don't need green isn't really offering you anything. It's just like supplementing black cards that you would be playing anyway.
1: Yeah, and I think that really what has happened here is like, Golgari is worth consideration when you're out mid-ranging the other mid-range decks, but all of the mid-range decks have been forced to get like pretty aggressive in order to keep up with Domain. And they're actually pretty good at attacking hard and like, making you have it early on and you get cards stuck in your hand you trip you get tripped up on not having enough mana on turn like you need to be just like slamming cards into play because there's a lot of like flying creatures there's a lot of gixes that like if you're on the back foot and you get gixed like and, and two creatures hit you and they draw two cards and now you are trying to win with your like you're not going to out midrange that with like Moss with Dread Knight you're just going to lose so the the fact that these other midrange decks now are just so good at beating you down and putting you in the spot that you can't really recover from means that I don't think that the grindiness of the Golgari deck is getting you as big of an advantage in the midrange matchups as you used to be able to
0: that said I do think the midrange mirror is the only place where Golgari is actually good yeah. I don't think it's good against anything else.
1: I, I think that you are still probably advantage in multiple of those matchups, but that gap has closed. And so you get less and less reason to play it if you're gonna get beat up by if you're gonna get beat up by domain in a way that some of the other mid range decks don't really like I played against the the Demir deck with Domain and like Dom just ranched me. It didn't feel close at all.
0: What do you want to talk about next? Because we've looked we've looked at a good deck and a bad deck.
1: Um, I mean, I was impressed with the Demir deck, both playing domain against it and playing like the lower to the ground version of the Rakdos deck against it, which I don't think I played super well because it was my first couple of matches with it. I I, like still just getting used to the text of the cards in the format, and I didn't do a great job of like maximizing my inties and stuff. And so, like, I think that the Rakdos deck is probably a little bit ahead against the Demir deck but the Demir deck just had a lot of tools and was impressive and just very efficient with its cards and uh like the the sirens were very strong a lot of the games they just i really
0: like that card the one man i make a map guy yeah it's like like the
1: the rakdos deck is playing the fairy that like surveils when it etbs
0: and you can and you fairy... can like draw a card Yeah, or something like that.
1: The Dream Thief and like the Siren is just so much better than the Dream Thief.
0: Well, yeah, the Siren gives battlefield
1: presence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And you're also the New York also plays Schooner, and the Rakdos deck is not really suited to make use of one ones like that. Like the Eh. Deep Cavern Bats and the Fairy Dream Thief out of Rakdos are just like guys you can put counters on for Inti, and that's Mm -hmm. okay especially since you can discard the Dream Thief to NT and get, like, extra value that way. But in the blue deck, your Int is um, Schooner. So you just play your guys out, tap them, and then they get bigger while you're attacking with your Schooner or you're drawing cards off the, the Explore target. Yeah. I mean, right. Inti is kind of your Schooner when you're not playing blue. Yeah, NT's really good. I don't want to, like, diminish NT. Uh, NT is, like, one of the best cards in the format, Yeah, in my opinion. But it is – it does – not do a good a job of buffing small creatures the same right. way that something like schooner does.
1: It also doesn't do as good of a job of beating Wrath of God, the way that Schooner just sits in play, right. doesn't get sunfalled, and keeps dealing damage every turn. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um I do with the Rakdos deck, yeah, because you have those bodies that are in there like the fairy dream thieves and the the uh bat, which deep cavern bat so like one one of the top like five cards in the format honestly a card is incredible it's so
0: good i'm so glad i picked those up like on set release yeah
1: <laughs> because you have those bodies i don't think it makes sense to build the recto's deck with fewer than four gix in it i was the build i was playing had three gix, and i just wanted it all the time and a, a lot of the games are coming down to who had geeks and was making attacks with it so i think that Playing a lower to the ground version of the Rakdos deck, it makes sense to max out your Gixes and uh minimize your geological appraisers, because that card sucks. I don't I don't get having it in particular. I if you're playing like the Carnosaur version, like I you have different considerations, whatever. Playing it in the like aggressive Rakdos deck does not compute to me.
0: I haven't given it a lot of thought. I just have seen no one cut it. It's like, yeah, you can hit
1: Preacher of the Schism with it, and like that's a a solid amount of power and toughness. Except the three two just doesn't matter. A, a three two doesn't do anything. Like I, I I don't know. It has no abilities. Like there's a lot of Preachers of the Schism running around that are two fours, or Subterranean Schooner is a three four, or God forbid, there's a Shieldrid or an Archfiend. It's just it just is getting blanked all of the time. The three two doesn't matter, and you really need. Every time you cast it, you're like, I have eight copies of stuff that I want to hit with this thing, and the rest of my deck I do not want to hit with this thing, and I'd better hit the removal spell here, or I'd better hit this type of threat here. And if you don't, it just like was a wasted turn. I, I can't, I struggle to understand the, the geological appraisers in the aggressive Rakdos deck.
0: Do you know what you would want to play instead? Like maybe just Shieldred? Yeah, you could
1: play Shieldred. You could also just not play as many fours. There's like eight fours well, I, in I don't, these decks. I don't think
0: I'd want to play four Shieldreds. Like, the stock list I'm looking at has three gicks, four G Appraisers, and four Archfiends. And I was thinking you just, like, cut the Appraisers, go up to four gicks, and then you can play at least yep. two fours, and then maybe something else.
1: Yeah, I, and I think that that is fine. I think I was considering playing, like, a couple of Liliana's main deck because I think that that card is pretty good against a lot of the stuff that's going on. Right now, like, you can get into spots where, like, yeah, there's a 1-1 one, one in play. They can sacrifice their Siren to the the minus two. But there's also spots where, like, they play a thing, you kill it. You play a thing, they kill it. They play a three-drop, you know. When they go Preacher of the Schism Go and you go Liliana, you know, that's a sequence that you want. And Liliana is also pretty good against Domain. So I, I could see main decking a couple of Lilianas as well.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of like the the rectus the little rectus deck there is a large rectus deck we should probably talk about
1: yeah i have no uh, experience with it but it looks bad to me but i can't like state that as fact
0: so if you remember the pro tour the last standard pro tour this was kind of like the breakout deck where it was a cruelty of Gix deck and you would recur uh atali with a mm-hmm. uh, breach of the multiverse that was mostly what you had. chandra hope speaking was the other like big card and that was mostly what you were just doing uh, the deck has not really changed. You get uh, Trumpeting Carnosaur now from Ixalan. But that's kind of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and I think that if you're going to be doing something like this, you probably have to be doing, you have to be going all the way up to like Breach the Multiverse for it to make sense as a plan against Domain. Because Trumpeting Carnosaur is not, like, trumpeting Carnosaur into threats is just a thing that gets sunfalled. Breach the Multiverse, mm-hmm. at least, is like doing something.
0: I, I think the main problem I have with this deck is that it, I think, preys on the mid range decks a little. I'm not even sure if it's better than the way that Domain does. Because mm-hmm. those matchups can be close. But against Domain, this deck does not do anything. Yeah.
1: that That's my fear for sure that it's just if you're not going up to breach then you're just like getting cards stuck in your hand that by the time you can cast them are not big enough
0: i mean most of these decks play breach the multi first but even with that mm-hmm. you, they're not doing anything that beats all the board sweepers domain is playing anyway like even if you breach you're trading one for foreign breach with sun or to populate that's not necessarily a great trade for you because this deck has so few threats in it it's just four Carnosaur, or three itali that's it and whatever you hit off their breach, the the breach of the multiverse in their graveyard yeah
1: oh okay so i mean we're talking about a couple of different decks because okay. there are some i guess there's some mid-range mid-range oh you're decks. talking about like mid mid like big mid-range with Carnosaurs. right they just have carnosaur and cruelty of gix they don't have itali or deck. breach the multiverse <laughs> i don't think i think that this version really makes no sense I, I think if you have breach and maybe a couple of tallies then you're closer to something that I can understand why you're doing it I mean the 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 Carnasaur build obviously is just intending to beat up on um, other mid-range decks and just kind of do the Golgari thing I guess I, I I don't it doesn't feel like a good idea to
0: me yeah there's a rectus mid-range deck that's like similar to the last deck we were talking to it just plays extra trumpeting Carnosaurs. Uh, I think that one's mostly phased out. I haven't seen it in a clip. A hot minute. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's several
1: copies like from the standard qualifier that are uh, four trumpeting carnosaurs, three cruelty of geeks, nothing bigger than those.
0: But the deck I was talking about was like the the more sure. animator focused, which sure. I still think is not, not what you want to be. Great against domain, but it is a lot better than like big Rectos midrange because you do actually have like a, a reasonable plan.
1: Yeah yep that said i think that the rakdos deck that i'm most into is just get low to the ground make yourself a good inti deck because if you're not playing subterranean schooner in your black deck then playing you gotta like maximize inti as an analog i think is the best idea
0: uh you want to talk about esper i know we've talked about demir a little bit but the whole esper mid-range trio is pretty much like esper and then blue white Mm -hmm. and then soldiers those blue and soldiers kind of overlap a lot
1: yes i mean so esper the rafine deck rafine is still good i i don't have any reason to say like don't play rafine like that card still kills people and you do get to play subterranean schooner you know these cards are strong
0: yeah i don't really have any thoughts about esper per se like it a lot of the mid-range decks do tend to the black base mid-range one that Esper is a part of. Mm-hmm. Kind of tend to be mostly very very samey in feel. It's yep. just like what other color are you playing and what do you get out of it? And Rafine is really good reason to be in white, but that's kind of all you're doing. Like you have some Get Losts or some Loren's here and there, but otherwise you're just playing blue black. Like make disappear, cut down, go for the throat subterranean schooner all all the normal blue and black cards
1: yep yep and it's fine i mean right so this is a problem with standard in its current iteration of large format no blocks the mechanical identity of like sets is very difficult to perceive on a macro level here and then we end up with a format that's entirely decks named after the colors that they are rather than
0: any strategy they employ
1: yeah esper mid-range rakdos rakdos mid like what size is your rakdos deck is like the only question there demir like everything's just named after the colors that it is and but what about
0: domain that's a mechanic
1: well domain also means five colors
0: oh no it's a mechanic that describes how many colors you're playing <laughs> domain is the closest
1: thing to like oh this is an archetype it's a but ultimately it's just a big control deck it's just wrath of God control mm-hmm. and I i have been I'm not saying that i haven't been enjoying the games because i have been enjoying the games and actually like a lot of the mid-range matchups have this very decent like modern magic like high powered limit you know there's a lot of combat
0: that is really important a lot of combat it's really hard to run out of cards like the Mm -hmm. games go have a lot of decision points and they just keep going
1: yeah and and they're they're pretty good games but you do play the same kind of game a lot which is just these like creatures and combat it it, it, it's pretty good there's fun stuff but there is a lack of variety to the format there's not decks doing like there's no decks doing artifacty stuff there's not like an anvil deck there's not an oni cult anvil deck that's running around and, and making forcing you to have separate considerations for what cards are good in the form you know you can't look at a a group of cards that are doing something a little bit sideways and be like, Ooh, what can I build around these? Like there's nothing getting built around. It's just the most efficient stuff that you can. And then you have fun combats, but that's, that's kind of it a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. That's, that's largely a failure of, I mean, I some that's always going to happen in a format that isn't as large as like mm-hmm. modern or pioneer, like i i think it will mostly gravitate towards being good decks and that's fine that's okay that's like just how it's going to be but it would be nice if some of the mechanics were pushed to have more than one set worth of cards like for instance uh poison or toxic Mm -hmm. is a mechanic that has a deck uh and the main problem with that deck is that it gets weaker every single set (laughs) Yeah, because they don't because they're not one toxic cards into anything yeah it had one set worth of cards. Uh, and then every Innovation Sense has been trying to retool how it's been built with those same cards. So, like, it was green-white for a really long time. That was the—I can't remember what event it was in Japan where it broke out. It might have been an RC. Uh, and, that, and it was just straight-up Celestia. And now people are playing Bant with access to, like, March of Swirling Mist, Experimental Augury, Serum Ser. Those are the proliferate cards. Mm-hmm. So you can, like, win— by dealing a few points of poison and then if assuming your creatures get dealt with, which they will because all your poison creatures really suck. That's one of the like hallmarks of all the poison cards. <laughs> uh, that you just like combo them out with a um, venerated rot priest and targeting your own things, or you just proliferate them to death. Yeah, march of rolling mist to like
1: target two like, you have two venerated rot priests out, and then you cast March and target both of them and give them four poison count. Like that's very cute
0: it's but. it's a very neat way that people have retooled how the po- the toxic deck is built in order to compensate for the fact that this deck has not received new cards since all we want was branded yeah and i wish there was more continuity like for instance there's an azor. you said there's no artifact deck in this format that's not quite true there is a blue white artifacts deck that had s- placed second in a challenge like three weeks ago four weeks ago maybe and people kind of like latched onto it for being something different like this was a four market gnome four spider deck mm-hmm. that played the i don't know the name of it two mana white man white artifact that tapped for artifact mana it was basically a power stone but yeah from ixler yeah, yeah and played like a million of those craft artifacts like braided net and spring-loaded saw blades <laughs> i'm doing really well on these card names so.
1: yeah these are all like very much draft commons and uncommons so good yeah. good job Let's
0: still needle yeah I've, they're not playing that one by that one it's because they a lot of these are really cool cards that i've looked at for the cube mm-hmm. and unstable glyph bridge and thousand moonsmithy is like the core of that deck yeah and the idea is to be this like kind of ramp deck kind of control deck similar to Domain but different because you're trying to build up this machine where you can just like crank out a bunch of golems and use non-creature threats to attack like spring-loaded saw blades is one of your best creatures in the deck because that's a removal spell for two mana if you haven't played excellent and then when you craft it into a vehicle it's a five five that does have crew one you don't really have the creatures to crew but you can uh what is it tap two artifacts in order to crew it and then you just attack yeah and you have a million artifacts in this deck so that's like a really cool idea but the problem with this deck is it's not very good like it is (laughs) fundamentally doing weaker things than a similar deck like domain Mm -hmm. but right and you're
1: not getting leyline binding to go along with what you're doing like domain just gets to solve all of its problems with a handful of cards and and you're working really really hard for your board presence there
0: for 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 a really cool deck like that's why it got second in a challenge it was very cool I considered wow this this deck looks neat maybe I should play it but I didn't because I didn't think it would last and a lot of people have since picked up the deck and just jammed it through challenges and I do think maybe you can like try building it in a different way but I don't think you can ever really solve the fundamental issue of this is a board presence deck that synergies are weaker than the individual good cards that a deck like domain is playing on the same yeah. axis
1: yep there's also the the siren song of the monastery mentor haughty gin deck <laughs> that, fortunately i really only needed to buy hottie gins to kind of have the entire deck anyways so oh, you have monastery mentors no wait, I, had, I did have to buy mentors but they were two dollars so you know oh really yeah then because nobody plays that card anymore so i just had to buy the threats for the deck because the rest of the deck is just cards that you would have for being like a a blue tempo pervert anyways so you know i've got my considers and otherworldly gazes and all of that nonsense
0: anyways so what is the white on earth helping hand is that what it's called
1: yeah okay i did need to order helping hands but you know
0: not quite an unearth pervert
1: as as I was you know, adding dozens of cards to my my cart anyways some some of these quarter uncommons made their way in as well. So you know, there is the call to because that that's an actual deck. like that's the main reason that I'm interested in it and and like excited by it is like. This is a deck where your cards are adding together to try to be more than the sum of their parts through synergies and like overcome. You know, you cast Otherworldly Gaze, you know you have some interesting nonsense going on, but it is unlikely to be better than just, here's my efficient removal spell into my good rare threat into a, a- another good rare. Like, you know, these decks are just all piles of rares in the colors that the deck is named after and they're pretty good and that's better than most of the synergy stuff you can come up with
0: mostly because they don't really print synergy like strong synergy payoffs anymore like there's yeah. no arcbound Raptors in this artifact deck they didn't print one
1: yeah yeah you get thousand moonsmithy instead which is sick the card yeah, is really sweet,
0: sweet. Honestly, the closest thing to a payoff for that deck is just people just put Urza in their deck. Uh, Urza Lord Protector. Is that the three mana one? The three yeah, mana one. Yeah. And then w- to go with your four Might Stone and Weak Stone and just flip into Urza Planeswalker. That's a payoff right there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're also playing a lot of cards that are pretty situational and not very good when you're getting beat down and blah, blah, blah.
0: Right, yeah. Like I said, I think you can rebuild that deck to make it play a lot smoother but you will never fix your fundamental flaw <laughs> yeah that makes sense like i really like braided net i think that card isn't like phenomenal mm-hmm. especially in that deck but it's just weaker than leyline binding <laughs> yeah yep but most things are <laughs> I i love me a good tumble magnet people don't understand <laughs> let's see so i mean a couple of Aggro decks do
1: exist. I mean, mono red is really the only like true aggro deck that exists. I will say it's not good. It's playing a few too many, just like 2-2 hastes for two to, to truly be good. Your burn spells are not. They don't really deal enough damage, but The fact that Domain doesn't actually, like, cast any spells until turn three, and sometimes that spell is just a rampant growth for three mana, uh, that's why Mono Red exists. It's very, very difficult to win a game one against Mono Red with, with Domain. That's why all of the sideboards have four copies of Knockout Blow in them because you gotta cast one of those in order to keep up and get you to your archangel of wrath and it is named very well yeah it's a yeah that's it's it's a good one when you just kill something for one mana and gain a couple of life that usually gets you to oh yeah now here's archangel of wrath to kill that thing and put a three four lifelink into play
0: when it gets cast against me on like nt or something it does feel like a knockout blow Like yeah Yeah. but what am I supposed to do now (laughs) it's pretty brutal (laughs)
1: And it's really, it's, yeah, you get, and, and that, that probably is a cost of playing like a red version, a red aggressive version of the black deck is getting caught by like knockout blow, which is not in the sideboard for you, but it, it will, it, it will
0: get you. Yeah. Cause it doesn't have to target red creatures.
1: Right, but as long as you have red creatures in your deck, then you can justify bringing it in. And like you can't justify bringing it in against like Tamir or Esper, so they're not getting caught by by that.
0: I don't think there are any other aggro. The only other aggro deck I would ever consider an aggro deck is like if you go really hard into uh like slicing a toxic.
1: Yeah, just try I to
0: mean, bone duelist them out or something like that.
1: Right, cuz soldiers is really more of a like It's a mid-range deck. Flash just another mid-range, mid-range deck. deck, yeah it's a little comboy. it is yeah and it is cool like this one I would I would count as a deck if you're putting Lunark veteran in your deck then then this is not just a pile of cards in your color it is like it it's a deck it's got some synergies like soldiers I appreciate existing in the format although you know four wedding announcement does put it solidly in that like we're gonna have a number of
0: mid-range soup games with this deck yeah that's okay though yeah that's kind of what wedding announcement has done to any anyway. white yeah uh, I mean I'm used to the the toxic text playing scrolls hive which is a budget <laughs> wedding announcement right but it's still pretty good for yeah. the deck.
1: wedding announcement is a funny one because in matchups like domain it you know I'll have an opponent play one and I'll be like Yeah, whatever. A wedding announcement, and then they'll play the second one, and I'll be like, "Oh no, I think I might be a problem. I think I'm dead." (laughs) I did have one game. The first match I played against soldiers, my opponent just played all four wedding announcements, like turn three, four, five, and six.
0: I didn't win that one. Classic flipping the first one when you're about to play your fourth one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! I found a Sultai Cauldron deck. Oh no. I can't afford to buy these cards. I only <laughs> got two standard tournaments. <laughs> Who owns four soul cauldrons?
1: I, I have been told that the mono blue soul cauldron combo deck is very good against domain. I have to imagine that it is
0: not very good against the rest of the format, though. Well, this is a soul tie one, mm-hmm. which is nice because Kami of Whisper is is pretty sick. I don't know what that card is. Yeah you do. It's from Archer Machine. It's the one that's a uh, hardened scales and it has oh. it taps for a ton of mana. Oh
1: that one. Okay, sure, sure. That is sweet. It's also a three mana creature that dies to cut down. It'll never die. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the point of Soul Cauldron, right? Like yeah, okay, that's true. That is it <laughs> that is really cool with Soul Cauldron, yeah.
0: your philogy Ph- archaeologist inherits the Kami of whispered hopes ability
1: i mean you are still playing a three mana creature that dies to cut down in your deck like yeah, that is yeah, still a thing that exists in your deck and you're gonna fall victim to that interaction
0: i'm not advocating for this deck i'm just saying that i like it and if there were more yeah. standard tournaments i would be a lock to play it at one of them sure <laughs> i understand i i completely get that Unfortunately, there are only, like, two on the calendar right now, so... I know. Just gonna stick with the one I've already built. Yep. Not go too deep in the, the weeds. Yep. Is that all standard? Do we do it? That's... Yeah, that's pretty much all a standard. I... I mean, standard is mostly defined by the, the good cards. It <laughs> <is>. <laughs> There's not a lot of cute stuff going on. No, that's that's my main
1: issue with it. But I will say... The games that I have been playing, I have been enjoying the individual games. Even the Domain Mirrors, I I find a fair bit of joy in them, at least on Magic Online. I probably will get frustrated in paper because paper is not really set up to handle <laughs> this type of magic. And playing the mid-range decks against each other is very intricate and rewards planning and just kind of identifying combat spots and and doing good attacks and blocks and identifying which creatures are important or will be important a couple of turns down the line and the the games are fun the individual games are really fun so that i i do enjoy playing the standard right now
0: yeah i think they're good i one of my main issues with standard formats like these or any format really it's not standard uh, dependent it's just more likely to pop up than standard when you describe like mid-range games where mm-hmm. like your your card counts are important and all your decisions are very important to and they matter a lot yeah but they're fundamentally just like normal games of magic mm-hmm. those get old for me very quickly yeah. and at some point i would just rather be drafting because i think drafting also has a lot of that Right. That's what I enjoy drafting for.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what I was comparing them to is like just kind of high powered draft games where your yeah. removal costs 2 mana instead of 3 or 4 mana and your creatures are much more brutal when they do hit and and you are trading them for each other. But yeah, that that's a lot of what it feels like. is just like high powered drafter or cube matches.
0: The reason I like constructed is because you get to pull a bunch of different cards and combine them in interesting ways to mm-hmm. do stuff that's more than the sum of their parts. It's like the most of the decks I like fit that description. And when we have formats like this, which I can't enjoy for a time, but they're fundamentally just, you're putting in high powered normal magic cards with other high powered normal magic cards to combine into a normal magic deck that is powerful. Yeah, <laughs> That doesn't hold my interest very much. Especially since the decks are the same over and over and over again, whereas at least when I get that same experience in draft, albeit at a lower power level, I don't know what's in my opponent's deck. So there's like an added variable that keeps the games fresh and interesting for me. Sure. Whereas formats like this, to me, always have some sort of expiration date where eventually I'll hit a cap and I'll be like, okay, that was I've mid ranged enough. I I'm done now. Yep,
1: I understand, and then the, that's when you start looking for the like haughty gin decks in the format. And stuff. yeah, the soul
0: cauldrons, the haughty gins. Yeah, exactly. That. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And and the goal is to have those B decks that can at least keep up and be respectable choices. And I'm afraid that at at this moment they just are not. But we'll see.
0: Yep, I agree with you. Well, unfortunately I don't we don't have an RCQ this weekend. Not our first RCQ's not until the 13th. So, yes. Well, fortunately/unfortunately for packages to yeah, arrive. Oh,
1: that, right, exactly. My 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 20, 28 packages plus one SCQ Oh, I package. I know, I
0: know. I increased the number. Okay. For but, comedic effect. It's going yes. up to 48 the next time I <laughs> it. They would not
1: be here in time for an RCQ on the 7th, uh, but Hopefully, hopefully by the, the 13th. <laughs>
0: we'll, yeah, I mean, be we'll, we'll see if they're even I available on mean, the 14th. Who yeah. knows? I'll
1: be able to play something. I'll, I'll cobble together something out of whatever has arrived at that point.
0: I mean, I can play most of my chosen CFT Sock deck. Yeah. Because. Cards I'm missing, or cards should people should have at least one of. So if I just like find four people with a Zeotaurus Proving Ground, we should be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm just gonna be interviewing commander All right. players. So on cards, site.
1: cards are kind of hard to get, and also the like distribution of prices is so obnoxious. Like a lot of cards are worth nothing, and then like the triumphs are worth like sixteen to twenty dollars. Which okay, I kind of get it. They've got land types. They're they're doing a specific thing. They're important in a lot of formats, and obviously, commander players are going to love them too. The slow lands being sixteen dollars each is what is really <laughs> yeah. getting, like ordering the the white black slow shattered land sanctum. shattered sanctum and just like ordering two copies of those and seeing it's like thirty four dollars is just brutal, just soul crushing.
0: And it's always the enemy colored ones because the first ones were not very good and they were all in like the first Innistrad set. Mm-hmm. And I, those are the ones I bought like a set of when mm-hmm. I was still bothering to buy the cards in standard. Yeah. That was like right before I stopped doing that because I do not own the Midnight Haunt ones at mm-hmm. all. They kind of don't
1: exist in the correct numbers, it seems like, because they're Sorry. extremely expensive.
0: Yeah, the Crimson Val ones is the, the, slow, the enemy slow lands. Okay. Yeah, the blue-red ones and stuff. Those ones I do not own. But, you know, anytime people want to borrow a deserted beach for soldiers, I gotcha. <laughs> Haunted Ridge, I'm your man. Great.
1: It, it is funny, too, because they're getting played alongside the Fastlands, which are just objectively much more powerful lands. Yeah, they're and great. And, like, Darkslick so- Shores and Seachrome Coast and stuff costs, like, $2.50 or $3 now.
0: I mean, I don't think Seachrome Coast is ever expensive. No,
1: but in, in these standard decks, the fast lands are way better than the slow lands and they oh, cost
0: loads are more expensive. The, yeah.
1: The, like they cost like 25% as much as the slow lands. If that,
0: I wonder why that is, but not enough to dig into it. Nope. Just enough for someone to like tag me on discord and explain it to me. <laughs> Anyways, I think that is it for us for today. Yeah. Cool. In conclusion, in conclusion, excited for standard, unfortunately not excited to, start the process of being ready for standard (laughs) yeah the
1: baggage of standard is definitely dragging down the experience as a whole but i am excited to play it i have been playing it on stream and enjoying it i will continue to play it on stream and i I can't promise that i will enjoy it but i assume that i will continue enjoying it so (laughs) enjoyment is not promised but at least for a little bit it should be okay yeah. yeah it should be fine i i think i will it's fun it's been fun uh Thanks everybody so much for listening. We really, really appreciate your time. If you'd like to lend us some support, uh, we do have our Patreon. Go on patreon.com slash mtggrindcast. And yeah, we've got tokens and stuff coming out. I am in the process of commissioning a new set of tokens. And we'll we'll also have little bits of bonus content for subscribers as well. Uh, Whether or not you join the Patreon, Whether or not you join the Patreon, the podcast obviously will always be free. And feel free to join us in our Discord. That link will be in the show notes.
0: Yeah, come on by. Say hi. Yeah, that's it for us.
1: Have a great week.
0: Bye.